Hello and welcome to Hello Governor the Podcast. As always, I am Abdullah, and my guest today is introduce yourself. Hello, my name is Shara Kirby. Um, if you are aware of me or have heard of me, maybe you have, maybe you haven't. Um, uh, you might know me from projects such as Pokemon Masters EX, where I voice the fighting gym master B. Or Rainbow High as Robin Sterling. Or um, if you're more of an anime fan, you might have heard me in anime like Scar on the Praetor, Kageki Shoujo, and uh, Kimono Jaihen. So I'm glad to be here. So it's another anime episode. (laughs) (laughs) Funny enough, funny enough, I don't actually have a lot of credits in anime. But for some reason, every time I announce I'm in an anime, everybody just goes nuts. Like... I announced, I think the very first thing that I announced was Pokemon. And you would think that would have got a bigger reception than something like re what was that one anime that I did? Um, a bigger reception than like Remain. But where I like B was like a big character in Pokemon and the character that I played in Remain was like this like small character that only got three episodes. But when I announced her, everybody just went nuts. And like the anime fandom is just, it's insane. (laughs) Uh, But I'm more of a video game gal, um, if you look at my credits. Oh, because like every time I get someone who does anime, I kind of worry like, okay, do we have to go through the motions? Because I think think like everybody at this point knows what fucking dubbing is, like knows what the beeps are, knows how to match the lip flaps because... I swear to God, like, it's so funny because when I first started doing interviews, I was, I would always be like, you know, I, I never get anime people on. I, I really want to talk about, you know, the, the process of dubbing and what have you. But now that I've done like how many episodes talking about I'm anime, I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm done. I, I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> Well, hey, I can talk about plenty of other things besides anime. Um, I've done some animation, and for the most part, uh, my main primary like primary thing that I've been doing um, as of late is video games, which, I mean, honestly, is super cool. I love video games. I would love to do more of them. <laughs> so how did you get started? Like, What led you to becoming a voice actor? Funny enough, um, when I got started, voice acting didn't really, wasn't even really on my radar. Um, At the time, I think I was 14, and um, I fell in love with movies. Like, I was a film, movie, book type of buff. I loved going into, like, these different worlds. I, I was a horror and fantasy nut. Um, I loved things like Van Helsing, the Saw series, and things like that nature. And I guess it didn't really click to me that I could be a part of that world, at least in terms of acting, um, until I saw this show on ABC. Or is it NBC? No, it's ABC. (laughs) Called um, How to Get Away with Murder with uh, Viola Davis. And she was kind of like one of two of my biggest inspirations of getting into this, the other being Cree Summer at least on the voiceover part. Um, and so watching Viola every week on how to get away with murder, like seeing somebody who looks like me um, being able to be on like primetime television, I was like, huh, you know what? Why can't I do that? Or 
something of that nature. It would, at the time I had really severe anxiety. I hated public speaking. And I was like, okay, well, even if it doesn't go anywhere, I could like try and do this to like build confidence and get over myself. And so I got started at this community theater called Matrix Theater in Southwest Detroit. Um, they had a teen company and I was there throughout my entire high school career. And I think it wasn't until I was 16 years old where I finally like put my foot down and was like, yeah, no, I actually want to study this. I actually want to go to university for this. And so after I graduated, I took a year off um, to just still do some like community theater stuff. And I ended up going to community college first, and then I transferred over to Wayne State University to finish out the rest of my years. And I graduated with my bachelor's in theater in uh, 2019. Now, in terms of voiceover, it starts a little before my graduation. Um, so you're you're familiar with Dragon Age, right? Um, the Dragon Age series. Uh, which which game? <laughs> Um, it's my Bioware. Uh, it's like Dragon Age Origins. It's like a whole series of Dragon Age Origins, Dragon Age Two, uh, Dragon Age Inquisition, and their event. I think they're working on Dragon Age Four right now. So my my whole thing that started with voiceover was officially Dragon Age. I I played that game religiously. I loved it so much, mainly because it was like one of the first RPGs that sort of kind of just stuck with me you know like the characters the story um the gameplay and i guess i, I after like looking up credits and everything and looking up the cast list i was like oh wow actual people did these voices that just didn't magically come out of thin air oh wow i'm smart let me i i would like to do this for a living i'd like to be in a video game one day and so um i bought like this like USB mic, I think it was like a Blue Yeti, and I started going on things like uh, behind the voice actors and um, Voice Acting Alliance. These forums where they would have fan dubs for like different series that were already out, and they would have like a bridge series, and I would just be in this untreated room <laughs> with this USB mic. Horrible treatment would just be auditioning for things like, oh, look at me and all the voices I could do. <laughs> it was um, a weird inception starting, but it actually built up a lot of um, at, like looking into it and researching things. It actually built up my confidence over the years. And of course, I had to stop when I was like in university because I didn't really have enough time to keep doing fan dubs. And then when I graduated, I was like, OK, enough of the fan stuff. Let me actually go into this professionally. And so I started looking into voiceover classes. And at the time I was in Michigan, so there wasn't really a lot of voiceover opportunities, at least outside of um, commercials locally and like TV spots. And um, I think, and I'm sure um, some of your guests might have mentioned in like the past, the pandemic happened and all of a sudden, you had all of these like voiceover opportunities to like learn more about the business that you would originally have had to like fly out to LA to take these classes. Now they're online. So um, I kind of attribute like at least the first stepping stone to my success to this 
one particular workshop that I took with um, Chris Rager. He was the voice of, um, I think, Mr. Uh, Satan in uh, Dragon Ball Z. And um, he had this whole workshop about um, anime and video game um, voice acting techniques with uh, Steve Martin, who was the voice of Barney um, at the time, and uh, Chris Wakehamp, who's been in a bunch of titles like uh, My Hero Academia and so on and so forth. And so I learned a lot about um, namely video game technique through them. And um, I was like, okay, I've been like, from what I was told by Chris, he was like, you have a natural talent. Um, do you have a demo reel? At the time I was like, no, I don't have a demo reel. But I got into contact with somebody who was like a little indie producer and I made up my first little demo reel, which I still have. Well, not as proud of as I was back then, but I still have. And then with the pandemic happening and protests during the summer, a lot of studios um, started calling for diversity, like for their talent rosters and started opening up their talent rosters. Like, hey, uh, if you're an actor that we haven't heard before who is black or um, and like non-white, another minority, we would love to hear you. And I took a leap of faith and was like, you know, maybe I'm not as proud of this demo as I should be, but I still would like to be heard. Send my demo off to a couple of studios, namely Bang Zoom, who about two months later ended up booking me as B in Pokemon Masters. So from there, it was basically all she wrote. Uh, that was a pretty long-winded answer, too. I know! <laughs> that's See, unfortunately, that's the thing with me. You give me one question, I end up going into like this long explanation of, oh, this is how I got from point A to point B to point C. <laughs> <laughs> move up, move over Anyocto. This is like <laughs> even longer than her story. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry, Annie. <laughs> oh, I know, Annie. That was just so cool. No, because I remember that episode, if you go back and listen to that episode, when I asked her about her huh? origin, like, she just went on and on, and I'm like, should I interrupt? <laughs> like... I'm going to say, please interrupt if I do that again. I have a habit of doing that. <laughs> um, oh, man. No, no, it's so, pretty... is there any other questions that I didn't answer <laughs> that long-winded question? No, no, it's it's pretty great because, like I said before, the the least amount of talking I have to do on this show is the bet for the best, honestly. Because <laughs> uh, no, people, no, no, you're the host. People have to hear your voice. <laughs> people, people have to hear me talk about like pretending to know to know what I'm talking about when when everyone like I truly believe like uh people who listen to the show are, are probably thinking to themselves like who the fuck is this guy and how does he keep getting all these people to to come on this show and I and I just say I just ask just tell them that you know um you you know you bribe people that's all just uh, tell them that <laughs> bribe people <laughs> yeah totally just be like yeah i told them that i'd get them this and they were like oh cool bet i'll come on the show no problem i i honestly truly believe that you know if if you ever meet me at a convention or something i i want to know <laughs> like has anyone out there listened to an entire episode i've done because i truly believe like people listen to this for like maybe one one or two minutes and then they turn it off because <laughs> they're like, this is terrible. <laughs> no. 
I feel like nowadays, I don't know. I think as like the years or decades have gone by, I don't know if there was like a study on this, but I think they said like, uh, like the majorly, 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 majority, majority of people, um, like our attention spans have sort of like started to like decrease over the years and they attribute it to things like technology, laptops and phones. And I'm like, you know, that makes a lot of sense considering I cannot look away from my phone um, unless someone is engaging me in conversation. <laughs> so, I mean, hey, that could be something, but I genuinely think people listen to like full-blown episodes, especially like when they're like interested in like hearing what the person has to say. I mean, it's it's kind of it's kind of a double-edged sword because sometimes I do get people who say, look, I don't, I don't usually do podcasts, but you know, you're, you seem genuine and I want to, you know, see what, <laughs> what, what this is about. And, and it still feels surreal to me because it's like, you know, of all the podcasts you could have done, you know, you picked mine. So, and, and look, here's the honest truth. I am faking it till, till I make it at this point. I have been, I am just like a complete fraud at this point. Oh no, you're doing a fantastic job. Like there 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 has to be a point where I'm 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 in the middle of you know, I'm either a total fraud or when someone like doesn't like it's it's so funny because I'm at that point in my life where I'm either I, I either think of myself as like a, a total fraud or someone or if if someone like doesn't want to come on the show or ends up ghosting me, which has happened a lot, unfortunately. I just want to email that person and go, well, I'll, I'll have you know Roger Craig Smith thinks I'm great. <laughs> Something like, like that. You know what? I'll have you know that Erica Lindbeck was on my show. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Erica. Huh? That, was a, that was a fun interview. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, man. that She was the first... A fun story about a little bit of trivia about that one. That was the last episode I recorded before shit hit the fan. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and, and, she, and she was so nice. She's like, you know, she came on. She's like, you know, you only got like 30 minutes because I got to be somewhere. I'm like, okay, cool. And then I asked my questions and she was like a total sweetheart. Like, honestly, one of the wow. sweetest people you'll you'll ever talk to. She's very professional. She's very, like, understanding and very, you know... Yeah, an actor's actor, I should say. <laughs> an actor's actor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for what I've seen, um, I haven't personally met her, but like, um, from what I've heard from other people, yeah, she sounds like a really cool person. I mean, and and as 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 um, you know, if you're a first time listening to the show, you might have noticed <laughs> that. Hey, you, this isn't like a to a normal and uh, question and answer show. That's because I like to have conversations with the guests and not just, you know, <laughs> question and you know, answer. Like, like rapid fire questions like, ooh, how did you get into this? What did you do? Oh, my gosh. How did I get into this? <laughs> I get it. Like, funny enough, this is the, I think, the second, the second podcast that I've done. Um, so I, I don't really understand podcast etiquette. <laughs> Or um, how things are meant to be done. So as far as I'm concerned, hey, I enjoy it. I love free talking with people and just rambling because that's 
literally what I do all the time every day is ramble, whether it be on the mic or outside of the mic. Now, I, I just I just love that because it, it shows me that, hey, you know, you, you don't you know, you're not you're not so far up your ass that you're like, oh, I, I you know, I, I don't like having conversations and, and what have you. And it's just oh, I hate uh... people. Ew. <laughs> oh, oh, why would I get into this? It's so gross. I'm an actor, but I hate people <laughs> like that doesn't make any sense. No, it's because um, I told the story many times, but I think it's public knowledge at this point. But so mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm sorry for any longtime listeners who, who have heard the story. But, um, you know, sorry for repeating myself. But um, I did end up talking to like someone during the summer and she was like easily the worst guest I ever had because she made me restart the intro because i mispronounced her name keep in mind english isn't my first language and i and i mispronounce people's names all the time so much so that it's become a running gag on the show where it's like oh this guy has an has a unpronounceable last name and he can't pronounce like the simplest of names oh no (laughs) and and if that wasn't bad enough like the actual episode itself was really terrible because you know, I would try, you know, asking my questions and she would just give me like these really short answers. Then I was just panicking. I'm like, shit, fuck. <laughs> what What do I what do I do? Like, how do I keep the conversation going? Because, you know, I, when when you when you when you don't give me anything to work with, my anxiety starts to to build up and I'm like, shit, shit, shit. <laughs> right. And uh, and um and we, so we ended up talking about Looney Tunes because I'm like, okay, you know, one of your, I asked her like, okay, who who is one of your main inspirations? And she was like, Mel Blanc. And I'm like, okay, Mel Blanc, Looney Tunes, you know, let's talk about Looney Tunes for a little bit, which we did. And I thought it was fine. And then, you know, once I wrap the episode up, I get an email from her saying like, can you delete the, this episode? Because it's really terrible. And I felt like we were oh. quote unquote meandering. <laughs> And I, I just, no. I just didn't even respond to her. I'm like, you know what? I, I have better things to do in my time than, than to, to, Honestly, to, to, to like... salvage this fucking <laughs> like disaster of a podcast episode. Oh man, uh, that sucks. I'm sorry you had to deal with that. And and look, I mean. I, I don't wish this person ill will. I mean, she mm-hmm. announced like she just booked like a big video game and I'm like, okay, cool. Good, good on you. you know, I, I mean, there, there's a way, there's a way to talk to people, you know, like if somebody mispronounce, like my name, sometimes people mispronounce my name a lot. I understand it can be difficult. Some people they'll say Shara instead of Shara um, or um, the X for like my full name. They'll say, um, They'll say like Dushara and or Dershara and it's like okay. Um if you know that your name could be hard to pronounce, I mean all you have to do is just calmly correct them. It's not that hard. <laughs> I mean, but I I mean, like as much as I understand the frustration, like or maybe she was having a bad day, but again, you shouldn't really put your negative thoughts and feelings towards someone else. But again, I'm I am sorry that you had to deal with that. Yeah, and and it's just so it's like oh you know can we try this again? And I'm like you, yeah. you know you like meandering on. Wow, that's uh, 
You know, when when you use that type of language, that tells me like, okay, you clearly clearly did not have fun doing the show, and I'm not gonna waste my time on this. Like, I don't wish you ill will. I'm not gonna be like, ah, oh, it should be canceled. Blah blah blah. I don't care. Right. Like, I really don't give a shit. You know, you can, you know, you can work, and you know, good good on you. You know, you you make that money. You know, you you get you get that money, and um. Make you know, you bread. keep working, you, you, you know, you keep working, you get fans. And uh, if you want to go on any of their podcasts, I'm pretty sure they'll, you know, they'll, they'll do a better job than I did. Okay. But uh, you're not coming back on this show anytime soon. You know, it's just, you know, protect your peace. That's all I was saying is protect your peace. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I, I still read that email back because I, I you know, I tell myself like, Whenever I book like a really big name guest that I have no business booking, I go back and read that email and be like, you know, a lot of people would have let something like that really hurt their pride. But to me, that that type of shit motivates me because I realize exactly. like because I, 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 you know, I've said this before again in, in previous interviews, but one of my. Like one of the reasons I look up to someone like a uh, Deep Bradley Baker is that he understands that, look, I'm not here to be liked. I don't care if you dislike a performance. My job is to just go in there, give the best performance I can, give give the people what they asked, give the directors and and um, and writers what they asked for, and that's it. Like I don't care exactly. if you think my performance sucked because <laughs> uh, I'm not here to please people. I'm here to be, you know, be an actor. Oh my God, not Dee Bradley Baker saying stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what? What in the Twilight Zone? He's crazy <laughs> for saying that. I mean, dude's a genius. But <laughs> but like literally, that's like the mentality you should have. Like. I think a lot of people get into this because, um, and I'm, I'm not trying to speak for anybody, but just from my observations, um, some people can go into this with like the wrong notions and the wrong, like, I want to say, um, pursuits um, that they might think is right. Like, oh, I'm in this because I want more Twitter followers or, oh, I'm in this because I just... Um, I see that person is doing it. Oh, this must be easy. So many different reasons and some could be good. Some can be bad. And I just feel like a lot of trial and error and honestly, like feelings of, um, I want to say a lot of people in this industry kind of have like, uh, bad mental health days. And it can relate to like things like seeing other people announce stuff and they're like, oh, I'm not doing enough. You know, I don't get to announce this project or that project. And it's like, for me, that's kind of the double edged sword of social media is that you can like connect with people, cheer on your friends. But then at the same time, um, you see people succeeding. And naturally, of course, there's nothing wrong with feeling envy. But those envious feelings can grow and produce, like, negative thoughts um, and feelings towards your career. And there's a lot of reasons why people might, like, drop out of it and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, you should really be focusing on, like, yourself and your craft. Because at the end of the day, this is a career. It, like, it's not something, like, don't get me wrong. It makes me happy. 
I do love voicing characters and from different worlds and um, putting truth into their stories and their names. But it's not, you know, it's not like my entire like center of my happiness, you know, like it's not what's getting me out of bed in the morning and bringing light into my life. It brings light into my life, but it's not like my overarching light, you know? And I and like I, I think just, I feel like I just went out of the I feel like I just went completely over what we were talking about again. <laughs> no, no, it's it's great. Um, I was just about to say, like, one of the things I don't like about social media is the fact that it encourages people to become more more like brands. Like you're slowly turning into like a brand, and I'm just like, I don't like that. I really don't like. Just be you. I I don't understand this mentality of. Okay, I got to do what's best for the brand, you know? I can't like be talking right. about this specific thing otherwise it might alienate people or what or what have you. And I'm like, "Fuck that, dude." I mean, if you, you know, if if you're not, I mean, if you're look, I mean, at the end of the day, like social media is, is whatever. Like honestly, uh it doesn't define you as a person is what I'm trying to say. It's like it, it doesn't it doesn't and and shouldn't define who you are as a person because look i i, I <laughs> there are people i've had on this show who tweet out nothing but political takes but you know when you talk to them they barely talk about politics but i think and i think that that because and i think that's because you know it's i mean that's kind of like the i i, I mean i don't want to sound like i'm you know um what, what do you call it um psychoanalyzing people here but i think that the reason you see a lot of quote-unquote actors you know screaming about politics online is because hey you know we kind of need to vent out our frustrations on something <laughs> you know and also like it's my page you know what i'm saying like it's not a brand like yeah on my bio you might see that i say like oh i'm an actor i voiced in this i voiced in that or i was in this film that doesn't mean all you're gonna see on my page is just my acting i feel like that kind of i mean it depends on what you want to do um some people they do make their social media pages for their brand and that's all they'll shift out for tweets is hey you can hear me in this or hey you can hear me in that um but other people like me i shouldn't be afraid to shit post like recently i like recently i made a tweet um, I want to say a couple of months back that um, I that was specifically geared towards like the black audience like my black followers because it had the n-word in it and um, a couple of my white followers was making comments on it like they were uncomfortable so I had to go and delete the tweet and I and it kind of pissed me off uh, I had a whole space about it with my friends. I was basically just like, you you, you see what this tweet was about, right? You saw what word was in it. So you should know that this tweet was not for you. I mean, this is my page. I should be comfortable speaking about whatever. The, mm. See, I said, <laughs> I said we was okay with cussing, but I stopped myself out of habit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I could tweet whatever the fuck I want to tweet about, especially if, it's something that, you know, I can say, like, I'm black, I can say the N word. But, 
Um, but it's like, it's just this whole thing of, you know, like tiptoeing around people and, um, like, I guess trying not to hurt your brand. And it's like, you know what, at that, like, after that whole situation, I was like, you know what, fuck a brand. This is my brand. Um, I'm a woman. I'm black. I can say whatever the fuck I want to say in regards to my, um, identity and my I mean, my cultural circle on my page. And if you have a problem with it, just unfollow. And that's another thing. A lot of people are afraid to like break mutuals and unfollow people. And like, there's no problem. It's just social media. Like, it's not like I know y'all in real life. Well, some of (laughs) y'all, some of y'all I don't know in real life. No, I mean, but but, most of y'all I don't. But, but I mean, that's a great point because I, I remember when I had um, Keith Silverstein on, he had talked about getting negative backlash over a tweet he made about, you know, a political thing. And I'm like, you know, you shouldn't have to apologize for that because, you know, you felt angry in that moment. And you as you know, you know I know people don't want to talk about this, but let's fucking talk about it. You know, Keith Silverstein is a black man. So, right. you know. You know, he has the right to voice his opinion on social issues that affect the mm-hmm. black community. And to to sit there and tell him, to tell him that he's not allowed to talk about it, that, oh, you made it political? Fuck you. Fuck you. Period. Exactly. Just like, I feel like it's a lot of people, I mean, the thing with social media nowadays is that a lot of people think that they're entitled to like insert themselves in certain conversations that just aren't for them like that's like me being um like inserting myself in a conversation that involves like um like a like my friend who's like japanese um who's japanese american i don't know her experience at being a japanese american woman just like she doesn't know my experience as a black american woman we will we will never know so for me to like insert myself and say like oh you shouldn't feel upset about them casting um this individual in this video game even though they don't represent that identity that would that would sound kind of messed up of me to say especially considering like historically everything that's going on for minorities in general and projects so again that's like Again, the double-edged sword of social media. Like, we're connected, but also we're connected, which is just, eh. Yeah, I mean, it isn't like, it isn't like um, pre-social media where you had no access to any of these celebrities or you had no idea what, what anybody was working on. Like, before, all we had was IMDb. So if I wanted to know like what Phil Lamar was working on, I would just go to his IMDb and see if like it got updated with anything. That was it. But now it's like, okay, what what is Phil Lamar working on now? Okay, I'll I'll just go to his Twitter. Probably he's probably announced something, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I, I feel like, and and I feel oh. like um I feel like people take the take it for granted i i feel like people think that just because they have access to talking to people to 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 these famous actors and what have you on social media that they can say whatever the fuck they want and there'd be no repercussions for it when 
it's not criticism if you're harassing someone because they worked on a show you didn't like. That's not criticism. You know? Like, I can't help that you didn't like the show. I just did it and got paid. That's my job, you know? Like, um, and that's another thing. Like, a lot of people think, like, actors have, like, a seat in decision-making with shows. Like, how, um, you know, the whole dub versus sub thing. And it's like, well, what, what can I do? I'm an actor, okay? I, I just, I booked a part to voice. I voiced the part. I got out of my booth or I left out of the studio and I went home. That's it. I, I, I can't really do much else. Yeah, I mean, you just you guys just walk in there, record your lines, and then you leave. I mean, that's what the job is. You know, you're not going to be sitting there going, hmm, would this character say this? Because that is unproductive and that's going to waste people's fucking time. Like, you know, like, unless... Hmm. I would say unless it's like a revival show like Futurama or something and I've been with like the character for years upon years and they bring in new act like new writers for the show and I look at the script and I go hey this character I've been voicing for years I don't think they'd say that that would be different now if there was a situation where oh I'm going in for like this pilot episode and this character who looks a certain way apparently the director or the client wants to hear it a different way okay cool that wasn't how i envisioned the character to sound or that wasn't what i sounded like in the audition but hey let's do it let's go nuts there's like you know there's like there's levels to things you know what i mean and there's like differences for some actors techniques they can talk to directors and work that stuff out but it's all about sort of kind of like navigating because every director has like a different style like some are willing to work with the actors and going oh yeah maybe the character would say this and other directors would just go yeah no we're sticking to this so yeah i mean it's it's a different experience and i don't like this idea that you know going into the recordings to to um to recording like um whatever it's going to be the same experience but because every director is different. Like every director has has their own style, has their own methods of um, trying to get the best out of the best performance they can out of the actor. And sometimes you might clash heads with certain individuals. Sometimes you're, you you know you get along well. I mean that's just the nature of the business. Like no no experience is going to be the same. Like it's all it's all going to be different and. And if you're mad at a certain take or a certain line, then I don't know what to tell you because that's what they wanted. Like, don't blame me. You got to talk to the director. You got to talk to that engineer. We did a bunch of takes and they went with the one that they thought was best. (laughs) Especially for video games because it's like you record Uh, like so much for video games and then you're like, okay, please pick the best one. exactly like we'll have like up to like a hundred lines per session and you'll have to do it like well at least for me i can't speak for everybody else some people do one take for each line some people do a and b takes i usually have to do a b c d e takes because we'll be like oh sorry yeah i loved i loved take c but just for safety he always 
you know, as an actor, I always love it when I hear just for safety. Um, because, and I mean that sincerely, I don't mean that sarcastically. <laughs> because, I mean, it's safety, you know? It's just to make sure, especially with, like, programs like Source Connect, or if you're, like, recording on your end, Adobe Audition, um, Reaper, the digital audio workshops, um, they could have, like, technical issues. Um, and so, like, just for safety, like, oh, if this take was really good, we want you to do this the exact same way, but just for safety. And that could be really hard, um, depending. Like, some people are really good at, like, just, like, listening to a line, like, over again and doing the exact same emotion, doing the exact same take with inflections. I am semi good at that. I think I'm getting better with that as the uh, as the weeks and months and years go by. As we slowly head towards oblivion. <laughs> as we slowly head towards sweet, sweet oblivion whenever that comes. Hopefully not too soon. <laughs> I would prefer it not. Thank you. I would like to be around until my 100th birthday. With peace, order, and what's that other word? <laughs> that sincerity? No. Peace. Just just another word for peace. Serenity. <laughs> That's what it is. Serenity. <laughs> I know English. I know words. Um I I I just like, you know, today I just wanted to scream out, you know, can can you motherfuckers like just put a hold on all this bullshit until after March cuz every all these projects are coming out in March. Like can can you just like put a hold on it after all these projects come out then you can, you know, blow up the world. <laughs> cuz I'll just wait until like I get in the next Persona game or something. Dragon <laughs> Age. I would I would just I would like to wait until then. Please, please, can y'all get your shit together? I feel like the problem is is that they just keep putting older people in these positions of power. And I'm like, they're not even going to be around in the next 50 years. Can y'all put some youth in power? People with sense? People who have minds? <laughs> at least, you know? Like, no, I, I, just... I just feel like a lot of things would be not a problem if people who were 65 and younger we're in position of power. It's not 65 and older, but it's the reverse. It's always the reverse. I mean, it's, it's like, um, so it's, I mean, it's like, I mean, look, Twitter nowadays is just people talking, you know, screaming about old men not doing anything. <laughs> like, that's all it is. You it's know? like, it's just like, you know? well, our old guy would have handled this. Would he now? No. What none of them. Absolutely none of them. I mean, look at the track record. Oh, let me stop. <laughs> They're probably listening in right now. Oh, I love my um, I love my overlords. Thank you so much for uh, taking care of me in my first world problems. I really do appreciate it. Not, but anyway. <laughs> no, I mean it's just it's just I I like here's the thing, and I I truly believe this like. People can go on and on about, oh, well, there's never any good news or uh, people don't want to talk about any good news because, because you motherfuckers love talking about depressing shit, okay? You motherfuckers have this weird fetishistic mentality when it comes to talking about depressing shit on Twitter, okay? Because I saw, I saw this thread today that really pissed me the fuck off where it was just this person wow. who suddenly was an expert on, on what's currently going on in the world. And I'm like... 
Lady, you are an actress who um, who uh, didn't want to be on social media, but got pressured into being on social media by her manager. So might want to reel it back in a little bit. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, hey, like, it's crazy. Like, I've kind of opted to just, like, retweeting some things because, again, I... I I'm I'm willing to be brave and confident enough to say I don't know what the fuck's going on most of the time um, in the world. I would like to pretend I do, but I'm willing to admit that in most cases I am dumb, dumb as hell. <laughs> this <laughs> me talking throughout this entire almost hour proves it. But um, I'm not gonna like just because I'm dumb doesn't mean I'm not gonna like you know, retweet credible sources, but I'm not going to, like, put my foot in it and say, like, things, like, or joke about things, like, oh, World War Three is starting, and da, da, da. it's like, no, this isn't a joke, guys. Just say your condolences and move on. You don't have to make a big-ass threat about it. Yeah, no, it really pissed me off because I'm like, look, you know, I... I respect your work, but um, you're kind of full of shit right now. <laughs> like, just like fair. I just, oh. I mean, I mean, and it's it wasn't coming out from a uh, from a mischievous place. It was just like you just missed the point, fucking completely, and you just look like a complete asshole who isn't much caring about the situation. More, it's more about creates this false illusion about looking good as opposed to showing general concern. And I don't think that was the, the, like he could have worded it better is what I'm trying to say. You know, and, yeah, uh, <laughs> but to be fair, a lot of, let me not say that. Anyway, I just, I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, like, you know, I mean, in terms of like, the thing is like, I'm, I'm not even just talking about actors. I'm talking about Americans in general. Um, just in general, like, just people are just not empathetic or they don't really have a handle on the situation, at least fully. So they'll run around and say certain things and think they're like down the righteous path and know what they're talking about. But in actuality, they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> so it was, it was. Just... Like, it was really frustrating because I'm like, shut up, shut up, shut mm. up. <laughs> you know? And they'll make it about themselves and their feelings, even though, truth be told, they don't really have authentic feelings about the situation because they don't know the entire situation. They're not living through it. They're not sitting through it. So how could you know? And how could no, you I go mean... on a full-blown 240-character <laughs> Rant that, that, about it. That, that was what pissed me off. It's like you know, she, she was just talking about like her experience and blah blah blah. It's like, oh, my heart weeps, and I'm like, oh fuck, right off with that bullshit. <laughs> my heart weeps for an entire generation that's going to grow up with more endless war. Fuck right off. Fuck like, right come off. On, man. Come on. <laughs> like, and and and, I'm, and I'm look. I mean, if people are upset about, oh, you made it too political. Well. Yeah, you know, have you seen the state of the world we're living in right now? Today was a terrible day to record a podcast, but I don't fucking care. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it was the, honestly, no, I think it's the best day. You know, you have somebody to vent about the shit with, you know? 
Yeah, um, I mean, because you don't really find that often. Like most people would rather run and focus on other things and try not to focus on that. And that's understandable because thinking about this entire situation, it can put somebody in a very bad place mentally. But I, I would try to like. Well, I can't really try. Well, you can try and look at this positively and be like, hopefully it ends with somebody getting a cap in the ass. Hopefully. <laughs> the right person. Anyway. But um not saying who it could. But, uh, you know. <laughs> no, I, I just, like, a part of me, you know, it's, like, it, it you know, to me, like, the last, what, four years just feel like it feels like we're speed running to the end of to the end of times like it feels like the last 4 years have just been one giant speed run to get to to get to the end and i'm like slow the fuck down please just slow the fuck they down they don't care <laughs> a lot of these dudes in there don't care cuz they're like oh i lived my life fuck everybody else and that's why i'm like y'all need to get these Y'all need to get them out of office. They don't care. Their lives are over. Ours is still going. You need to put people in there that, like, in these positions of power that actually give a fuck about life, you know? And a lot of them just don't. All they care about is, oh, let me put my fat ass in my little golden tank that I can just sit in for the next 10 or 20 years that I'm still alive for. When everybody else, well... Good fucking luck. I'm going to space. You know, it's just uh, it's. <laughs> but but I mean that that's so amazing. Like you know the the richest people on the planet are just trying to find ways to get off the planet. Isn't that fucking hilarious? You know, <laughs> like you don't want to you don't want to put any investment actually saving the planet because we still could and still can. You would just rather fuck off and just leave everybody else to die. Fuck you, like. And this is why I hate billionaires. I hate the notion of billionaires. Billionaires should not exist. Um, like, I don't know why they do, but that's capitalism for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, not- it's, so, it's so great because, like, I see so many fucking idiots on Twitter, like, almost get it. It's like, huh, it's almost like we created a system that's gotten so broken that it just that it just makes the rich get richer and keeps fucking over the poor, but it can't be that. <laughs> Must be communism. <laughs> <laughs> like oh, like you guys want communism? Like don't you see how bad it is? No, I don't because we're not in communism. We're in capitalism, you idiot. So if I'm seeing the bad areas of capitalism, why the? fuck would I give a shit about communism being bad? I haven't lived through communism. <laughs> you know? Like, think. Think. What's not clicking? Like, that's what just makes me so laugh. It makes me laugh because, like, there was this whole discourse about, like, oh, well, Squid Game is actually about communism. Well, like, the creator himself oh. said it was a critique on capitalism. Capitalism. <laughs> how are you going to change what the man said? Like, Oh, you know, he said capitalism, but what he actually meant was communism. Like, okay, sure, you keep living in la-la land, sweetie. <laughs> like, that, that's what just, I just, I, I, I look, I'm, at this point, look, I, 
at this point in my time, like I'm a fucking political atheist. I don't fuck everybody. <laughs> like fuck them all at this point. <laughs> you know? Like hate everybody. Hate fucking everybody. Honestly, <laughs> I can't even. I can't even consider myself an atheist. I feel like I'm an anarchist at this point. Like I just, I just need, just need anarchy. Just need revolution. We need to change some shit. Cause this, this right here, it's not working. And I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling, feeling a little radical today. <laughs> like I'm tired of the peace talks. I'm tired of sanctions. Just beat their ass. That's it. Just beat their ass. Like enough, enough. Like making them pay money or stopping exported shit. It's not gonna work. Just beat their ass. It. Like, that's, that's what I just don't get. It's like, oh, well, you know, you should just, you know, is there a way to... No. <laughs> like, there is no... no like... Beat their ass. <laughs> like, I get it. We're afraid. Like, I get that there's people afraid of, like, going into the world because nobody, nobody really lived through those times. Like, so far, at least in certain, like, at least me as an American, a regular American anyway, not someone who's been in the army, We've never lived through, like, super, super war times where, like, the threat is imminent. But, I mean, look at the problem with that. I mean, you have people who are boxing themselves in, just leaving everybody to their own devices and only waiting until the last minute to come in. This shit has been going on for years, apparently. Like, that I'm learning. It's just been going on. Yeah, I mean, that's what's so fucked up. It's like, oh, oh, it happened overnight. No, it fucking didn't. He's been planning on doing this for years. (laughs) And y'all just let him do it. He's like, oh, he's totally not going to do it. No way. Like, I could have been told you that man was fucking Zayati. He was in the KGB for fuck's sakes. Of (laughs) course he was going to do it. But anyway... (laughs) It's like, it's like entire thing about politics. No, I mean it's it's like what what can you do? Because I I feel like I mean and I and I told this like when the pandemic was going on, I told people like, look, if you're gonna come on the show, we're gonna have to talk about the pandemic because I feel like if I ignore it, it'd be this this fucking honest, and I don't want to do that. And and I said before like. You know, you go back and listen to those episodes. Yeah, I was fucking angry. I was, like, miserable. I was depressed. But, like, I, I fucking, you know, <laughs> kept sane through that pandemic. And I'm like, you know, it would be nice if we could just, like, exit the pandemic and maybe go back to, like, you know. Honestly, at this point, we're never going back. I mean, they're, they refuse to close things down. They would rather people just keep spreading it all over the place. Um, they're like, oh, you're just going to have to live with it. Okay, great. All right. So <laughs> tell that to my, <laughs> tell that to everybody who keeps getting sick and dying. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's just, you know, at this point, I think it's just kind of clear to me that they don't really give a shit about anybody but themselves. And that's just the sad reality is that unless it's threatening them specifically they do not care they don't care about um actually installing climate change they don't care about bringing equality for all they don't care about pretty much anything they don't care about like fixing the planet they would just rather fuck off and go their own way and i don't know it's sad to get to that point where it's like complete apathy or apathy for the government 
But it's kind of gotten to that point where I just do not trust any form of government at this point because they're all liars and they're all out for themselves, at least in my my eyes and my opinion. <laughs> I can't say if that's true, but in the world that I've been raised in, that I've seen, I mean, can you blame someone for having that um, that notion and that mentality? I mean, I don't blame people for being angry. And look, I mean, you have the right to rem to be angry. Fuck, I'm angry right now. Like, I usually don't, like, record episodes being this angry. But fuck, man, you can't really, like, come on here and pretend like, ah, oh, you know, voiceover, blah, blah, blah. Because it's, that's fucking tone deaf. Yeah. There's nothing that's going on in the world right now except for my career. Whoopee. Like, no, I can't fucking do that. <laughs> I'm like, I'm a human being first, black woman second, black bi woman third, and I'm also an American citizen fourth. And then we could get to my career. My career is like down below my top five priorities. Okay. Like, career is only going to get you, like, what, what is my career going to do for me when the world ends? You know? What is it gonna do? Yo, I mean, I'm a Disney... voice actor. You can't kill me. <laughs> I mean, Disney's already trying their hardest to replace people with AI, so you know. <laughs> you know, I just, you know, I don't understand that whole thing. Don't even get me started. No, I mean that we that really pissed me off because like someone brought it up on the show, and I didn't want to get into it because I know it's a big um, hot it's button issue. Sketchy. Voice I mean, it's 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 a hot button issue, and I just want to say, fuck Disney for doing that, because um, you know they could have just hired a sound alike, or they could have just hired Mark Hamill, but nope, they decided to sad. genetically engineer old voice clips together. And the sad thing is, it's not just Disney, and that's the problem. Like Disney is like, of course, the biggest people to have done this now. Um, and of course, everybody's like, um, what, what? But at this point, the whole conversation, at least before that, at least in our community, started with these NFT sites. Oh, um, fuck where, NFTs. All my homies yeah, hate, hate NFTs. We don't fuck with <laughs> NFTs up in here. Fuck NFTs. They can suck a dick. But um, <laughs> like a bunch of these like sites that are like voice banks. Not, I mean, like there's, I think there's NFT voice banks and there's not NFT voice banks. Where they will literally take people's like lines and things that they say and uh, certain like iconic characters are here and there, and they turn them into like AI voices and will sell them for a profit. Like not just with voices, but also with um, people's like content with music and art. And um, a lot of people are like up in arms about it. Like, are you kidding me? Like this shit is fake. NFTs, crypto, that shit is fake. It's not real currency. But they're shilling it out. They're paying all these fucking celebrities to go on record and be like, oh, yeah, crypto is like the new form of currency. And, and look, I know. are the new way for art. And it's like, what the fuck? No, it's not. I, and, I just, and I just... And I just want to say, look, I know he apologized for it, but fuck Troy Baker nonetheless for for uh, trying to pull oh, that shit. <laughs> I I I try to attribute that as a man who just did not know what the hell was going on. I feel like a lot of the old hats in the industry 
unlike like the youth, like the younger voice actors, they're not really well versed in like the current trends or topics or opinions of the next big thing. Because unfortunately, crypto and NFTs are the next big thing. And because of the marketing and promotions that they have majorly put out for these two fake-ass currencies, a lot of these people think it's a positive thing and it's a positive thing for the environment when it's anything but. (laughs) And they will shove this marketing and they'll shove this propaganda down people's throats to the point where they will actually believe wholeheartedly that this is a good thing and they will just be up in arms about anybody who will say different unless a friend pulls them to the side like Troy's friend had to do and go yo man it's a pyramid scheme you got fucked (laughs) this is like crypto and nfts have to be like the biggest global at least in at least in terms of stock pyramid scheme I have ever seen and it's working i mean i, I mean how. pretty much i, I mean why, but it's working i mean tara strong at this point is pretty much like lost it she's pretty much oh yeah she's a, <laughs> yeah. i could have told you even before nfts she was a lost cause yeah no no i'm sorry i know look i respect her work but as a person <laughs> no yeah no yeah like, no, she, she she is the epitome of someone who got flew way too close to the sun, and yeah, <laughs> just I, I just I have no words for that woman. I said my piece about her long ago. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, you do you from over there. You do you from over there. I respect her work. Like you know, I grew up, I grew up listening to her. You know, like she was. At, one point one of my biggest inspirations getting into this like timmy hello <laughs> harley quinn but um i mean there's there's the thing where you have to separate the art from the artist um and some people will tell you oh you can't do that and other people like me can tell you uh yes 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 you can you can in fact do that I mean, that, that's why I like when, when Troy showed his ass and I, mean, I met the guy, I've gotten like autographs from him. When he showed his ass, I'm like, you know, fuck this guy, but I still like his work. You know? <laughs> like, you know, like, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like Troy is a very talented actor Um, to say anything different. Well, you'd have to be fucking out of your mind or you just might have a very, 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 very continue the very particular taste and um acting but that man is a dynamite he's fucking legendary i will not sit here and lie that he isn't but when he did that and a lot of people went back to like what he said at that one award show where he was like oh if you want to get into voiceover uh just wait until me and nolan north die it's not really shocking when somebody like who said that out of his mouth (laughs) No, I mean, and that, I, and I, like mentality. I mean, and I took pot shots at him when, when, um, when he did that because you know, I, mm-hmm. if you go back and listen to like the when I had um, April Winchell on, I was taking pot shots at, at Troy because I'm like, fuck this guy for for saying that sort of shit because, you know, part of this business is uh, with any business is um, you get 
um, you get uh, fame, but once you get older, you have to understand you got to let new people in. You got to put the new talent over. So to sit to sit there and say, "Oh, wait until Nolan and me die," like fucking hell, man! (laughs) Like it's so it's so. But you know, like in the way that he said that, and as shitty as it is, um, on. 80% 80% of me is like, oh, fuck you for saying that. 20% of me is like, well, he's not wrong. Because <laughs> um, it's really hard to break into this industry. And I don't mean like from like, and I mean that from like all fronts. Like you would think it's, I think, uh, I can't even say which like subset of voiceover is easier to get into because they're all hard. Um, I'd say the hardest would be commercial. Like, I just, and I mean just, got a callback from my very first commercial. And I've been doing this for almost three years. <laughs> and I have been auditioning for commercials for three years. That shit is hard. Um, video games, second hardest. Like, animation, actually, I would say animation and video games are, like, right next to each other. Because they already have so much established talent. Like, there is no shortage of, bleh, no shortage of talent in this industry. Which is a good thing, but it's also a bad thing because it's harder for new talent to come in Um, because directors who, again, established directors too, they know who they like. They know they've been working for, like, they know they've been working for, like, certain people. Like, one director has been working with Troy Baker for 20 years or something like that. I know he hasn't been like that for that long. Maybe he has. I don't know. Um, So... Like, in a director's sitting point, who would you go with? Would you go with the established actor who you know is going to get this character type because he's been doing this character type religiously for 20 years? Or are you going to go for the new blood who's just been in here for, like, a year and you've never worked with them before and you don't know if they're going to give you what you want? And especially with a tight turnaround, directors will typically go with the established talent because they trust them, they know what they're doing. So, again, it's like the double-edged sword of this industry. Like, it is really hard to break into, especially as a newer talent. A lot of people will not get their, like, quote-unquote big break until years down the line because they have to build up their credibility. Um, Like, oh, yeah, you're new. We don't really know who the fuck you are. So, toodles, we're going to hire Travis William, (laughs) which is perfectly, I mean, like, it's not fine, but it's understandable to an extent. Well, I you mean, know. this was, I mean, you got to be talking about pre-critical role because now those, those critical role people have become too expensive to get to do, to do a lot of these shows. Oh, anime. Oh yeah, of course. I was talking about video games. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, video games, uh, fine. I, I mean, because like, anime, anime. Yeah, no, they got lucky when they brought in Laura for um that final season of Fruit Basket. Cause again, she, I guess. She got her start in anime, so of course she came back to no. Um, I think but, um, Matt Mercer still does anime because, but I think that yeah, because he he's still, but but I think it's more because of the love more than anything else. Because like he doesn't need fucking <laughs> he doesn't need anime Sorry, money. Anime, like... <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, no. Disrespect anime. He do not need the anime money because <laughs> <laughs> it pays next to fucking nothing. And that's, I mean, like, and they've tried to, like, fix that this year, but I don't think they've made the change fully um, to going from, like, the 
I think we went from a 75 to 125, which is still not, mm, which is still not, mm. but. And that's, and that's if you're established, if you're new, you're just going to exactly. get like 65 bucks. <laughs> exactly. And actually, and again, that's the double edged sort of things. Like you have to build your credibility in this industry in order to get somewhere. Um, and some, some are lucky and they get through a little faster. Um, I would not say I'm one of those lucky ones, <laughs> um, but um, I don't know. It depends. Like it depends on what they're looking for and it depends on what they need and who can deliver. And more often than not, they will go for established people who they know one is going to deliver, two is available and three has the talent and skill for what they want. Um, that's you why can't you can't really bank on all of that with somebody who's new. I mean, that's why you hear the same two or three people in, in every anime nowadays. Exactly. I mean, and because anime is sort of kind of operating the same as that now. They're like, hey, we know that this, we know that um, Bryce Pappenbrook is going to bring what we need for this character. We know that, um, who else is like, the, we know that Patrick Seitz is going to bring what we need to this character. Like, they, they've been in that field for years they know the acting style that's needed for it they can match the flip flaps god i hate flip flaps <laughs> they they are dynamos in that department so they're gonna cast people who again and especially with anime because the turnaround times for anime are insane nowadays especially with the simulcast so they will go for people who they know is going to deliver on time with no problems, no blockage uh, in production. And, you know, looking at it from a production standpoint, I understand. But looking at it from a budding actor who would like to get, you know, more considered for certain stuff um, standpoint, it'd be like, please, please give the little man a chance. Please give little people a chance. Please, please, please. I mean, that's why, like, when the whole John DiMaggio thing you know, the whole uh, John DiMaggio not coming back uh, to Futurama. Like, the craziest thing about that for me was looking back at Futurama back in 1999, John DiMaggio was a complete unknown. So casting him in that role was a huge chance, and you're just not, you just don't see that anymore. You don't see studios really taking does. chances on people anymore, and that sucks. It does. It, does. it really does suck. And and again, in a way, I understand why you wouldn't want to take a chance because you want to make your money. You want to have a successful series. But on the other hand, it's like, okay, then don't be surprised when you have people complaining about hearing the same voice actor and the same air character car archetype again in a show. You know, you, you, you mean you can't get mad at people for like, I don't know, being upset about that type of thing because it's like, okay, can we, can we get something else? Can we put, can we get something different on plate? You know, I would like, I would like the steak instead of the lobster this time. I mean, lobster is great, but I don't want to have it every single meal. I come here, you know, <laughs> and that's why it's hard to go back and watch like shows from the two thousands because it's like the same two or three people and everything. <laughs> You know, you know, and then I also attribute that to like, at at least during the 2000s, 
didn't have a lot of talent in anime, or at least you didn't have a lot of people going towards anime, specifically because of that pay. <laughs> um, that and location. Um, oh, if you wanted to do anime, you would have to be in Dallas or LA. Now, thanks to the pandemic, shit is remote. Literally anybody could be anywhere at any time doing it. Um, and I think that's kind of, again, another double-edged sword because one, not everybody could do it. And two, now everybody can do it. Yeah, so, I know. <laughs> so it's like, it's Before... like, oh no, now the, now the job market has become inflated because you have so much talent, but you can't put them all everywhere because there's only so like many roles and so many people who have the exact same voice type um, who might do the exact same voice inflections, who might have the exact same, like, rise and fall um, when it comes to audition sides. I do not envy casting directors. Truly do not. Because I could never, I could never sit down, listen to so many good people doing really good takes and make a decision. I would just be like, I want you all. I, I do. I really want you all. And no, I mean... if I pick somebody, I'm just going to feel bad. <laughs> I mean, I said this before, but thank fuck I, I was never put in a position of casting things because I would just let my biases just go straight to the just just go straight up. I'm like, OK, uh, oh, yeah, this like, person, that friends. person, that person go, you know, you know, and that's happened a few times. I've seen like some people will cast their friends and. Hey, I mean, isn't that pretty much most of Funimation nowadays? Just people casting their friends <laughs> and shit. <laughs> Don't know. <laughs> um, funny enough, like I haven't really done much directs for Funimation. Um, like the animes I've been doing, I've been through like other like casting, um, like casting um, studios who work with Funimation. I think the one and only funny direct that I've done so far was for Remain and that was for again like a like additional voices and one particular character um oh and that show was <laughs> that show was interesting but <laughs> it, was, it was a really it was a great show um Emily uh Fargiato was great great director but um I don't know anime a lot of people don't like to admit it, but I think out of all the voiceover techniques or subsets um, and mediums, anime is the hardest. And that's so bizarre considering it's the one where you don't get paid as much as the others. <laughs> like, you have to match flip-flops to the dialogue that the ADR writers write. All the while, you have to keep up the same exact emotion that the J to match the J. And with all that being said, you got to do that maybe one, two, three, four times, depending on your director who really wants you to get, nail it just right. It's, ugh, it's very, it's very, it can be very aggravating, but it's fun. I mean, it's fun, but at what cost? At what cost? <laughs> yeah, I, I just still, it boggles my mind how you guys go through hell trying to get these shows done in time. And you get paid next to nothing for it. Hey, like I'm complaining, but I know those engineers be going through it all the time. My heart goes out to them, honestly. 
Like uh, engineers, engineers are the bread and butter. A lot of these shows would not be out without those engineers. Without them, well, it, the mix would be horrible. <laughs> now, I think I said this before many times, but the engineers are the real he- heroes of the pandemic because they oh, they really <laughs> they they help this industry stay relevant <laughs> because they made half of these sound good. Half of the people who recorded from home had shitty fucking setups, and I can attest to this. Hey, I will attest to it myself. Because like, I, I know a lot of because oh, I know because I know some of my friends like admitted like, hey, we had like really shitty setups when I recorded that, but the engineers, man, you know they they fucking killed it. They are insane. Love them to death. Like. Wouldn't I like a lot of this will not be successful without them. Um, and that's just the truth. <laughs> like when I first recorded for um Pokemon, um, I think my setup was just my closet. I don't think I had much sound treatment except like a few foam here and there and clothes and like some blankets on the side. <laughs> and when I was doing it, I was listening back because they had me record on my end. And I was listening back to my, like, the whole entire session. I was like, oh, I sound horrible. Ew. They're totally not going to use this. They're going to recast me. Eh. And I sent it off. Um, I didn't hear about it for about six months. And then she finally came out. And I was like, oh, wow, I actually sound pretty decent. How did they do that? And at that point, I was like, oh, it was the engineers. Oh, bless their hearts, engineers. So they really be mixing, especially considering a lot of us um, in our setups, we don't use the exact same microphones. Like some people, well, most people are using the Tail M103. I cannot afford that right now. So I'm using SE2200, which is, again, a condenser mic, but one of lesser monetary value thankfully (laughs) like and and this is the same again the same setup that d briley baker uses like um at his home studio on a go he actually uses this mic so that goes to show you don't really need a tlm 103 to i guess essentially make it in this industry although a lot of studios and directors really do like that microphone so eventually i'm gonna have to invest in it sadly but but hey that's um for so far so good i mean this mic has gotten me through literally every single project that i've done so far and i mean it's kind of it's kind of a little bit on its last leg because it's doing this little skitzy electric sound thing sometimes so i'm like oh i'm gonna have to replace you soon but this baby has gotten me through a lot. Baby got me through a lot. As long as you um, can get the work work done, I think, you know, exactly, you should be fine. Exactly. That's the whole point. I'm like, as long as I get these auditions and these sessions done, don't fail me now. <laughs> I need to save to get you your big brother. <laughs> uh, that's, that's another problem with, um, with uh, pre-post-pandemic... Uh, um, being a voice actor in a post pandemic world is the fact that it's way more expensive nowadays than it was a couple of years ago. Honestly, 
Hey. Remember when everyone was like panicking and buying all all the shit from Amazon and and everywhere else yep. and everything was just sold out and you're just like, "Oh fuck." <laughs> well, shit. Guess I'm staying inside. <laughs> That was literally it, because, like, the mass prices went up, and, like, at first it was, like, 20 bucks, now they're, like, 50 $60. Like, damn, okay. Uh, supply and demand, I fucking guess. Gotta, gotta uh, stock up on that toilet paper. <laughs> uh. Oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, so we've been rambling on for an hour and 20 20- and, and 20 we? minutes yeah so do you have any like last questions uh because i do need to jump off in, like, yeah 10 yeah minutes. uh yeah before we get uh before we wrap this up uh where can people find you online and can you give us an update on what you're currently working on oh sure um so hi guys it's me again um so where you can find me um i usually run through my my main social media handle which is Shara Nicolin. Um, you can find me on Twitter. That's my main hub where I usually post updates and shit post just about anything and everything. Um, you can also find me on Instagram. I semi post frequently on not often. I'm going to get better at it. Uh, and also on Twitch, I am on a big hiatus. I've been meaning to get back to streaming, but I do have a Twitch. So I will be streaming again sometime very soon in the future when my setup is better. Um, you can also, I don't think I have a YouTube yet, but I should. I'm going to make one. It will have the exact same handle. And as for projects that I'm working on right now that I can discuss, there's not many I can discuss, but I do want to let you guys know that there are a lot, <laughs> a lot, a lot, a lot of projects um, in the future that I am so, so excited to announce. The drafts are literally sitting patiently, um, at least on my Twitter drafts. I don't think Instagram has drafts, but they are sitting in the drafts right now. And trust me when I tell you, I am itching, itching to announce them. When I do, you're not going to be ready. So, yeah, that's about it for me. All right. Thanks so much for taking the time off to do this. And if you ever want to come back, you know where to find me. Of course, dude. Anytime. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. You too. Bye.